Hey, welcome to another episode of Apologetics in 15, a podcast put on by the Table Campus Ministry at OSU and uh, designed as a resource for students who are wrestling with questions of faith, of scripture, of God, um, designed to kind of help answer some of those questions that may be coming up in the classroom. Uh, I'm your host, Drew Moss, but today it is not just me. Today I am joined by a special guest, uh, a special guest whose primary goal in this entire podcast is to try and beat my time in my past answers. So It's one of my goals. Yeah, okay. It's not my only goal. But primary? No. Okay, all right. No, my primary goal yeah. is to accurately share what I believe about the Bible and why okay. I trust it. And I will do that by meeting my secondary goal, which is to be done in 15. In 15 minutes, so because I have not yet hit the 15-minute yeah, mark. The second on my one is going to happen. Like okay. I'm, I'm just telling you, like even if I if I end in mid-sentence, All right. Like right. I've got a clock. It's not happening. I'm promising you. Okay, so I. Uh, this is, by the way, I haven't, I haven't even actually said your name yet, but this is Jim Johnson, uh, lead minister at Sunnybrook Christian Church, and uh, I, I brought him in because he is, I don't know if you would consider yourself this, I consider you a bit of an expert in this topic. Um, taught on this at uh, as a professor at Ozark Christian College. I here's my issue with that. Okay, I have like such high expectation of the word expert. <laughs> I have a hard yeah. time imagining yeah. it being me. Yeah, kind of like I don't know if I'm actually a parent because I have a high expectation yeah. <laughs> to be a parent or a husband or a friend. I get it. He knows a little bit about this. There we go. There you go. He knows a little bit about this. And the idea uh, that I want to be t- discussing today is um, the Bible itself. Uh, as Christians, we believe a lot of things that go against what the world believes, whether that has to do with the miraculous or morality or, or God's nature and goodness, those kinds of things. And, and I believe there are all kinds of philosophical and logical reasons to believe those things. But primarily, the reason we believe these things is because the Bible says so. That's why we believe in the miraculous. That's why we believe God can be good in spite of suffering or those kinds of things. And so at the heart is whether or not the Bible is reliable. And, and I know that that is an issue that some students wrestle with. I, I know I've talked to students who've had professors stand up in class and just show slides of supposedly contradictory verses in the Bible and, and how it can't be trusted because that's so foundational to everything we believe. And so, so Jim, I want to ask you about that. And, and kind of as, as I think through it in my head, there, there are two major questions that, that need to be answered. And the one is, um, how do we know that the Bible is true? And then the other is, how do we know that the Bible we have is the original Bible? Like you hear sometimes that there's so many it's been changed so much over history. You don't even have what was there. And so is it, how do we know it's true? And how do we know that we actually still have the Bible as it was written, the scriptures as it was written? I don't care which order you want to answer that in. but Yeah, I'll probably do it in reverse. Yeah. Um, and, and let me just, I'm going to kind of stand back and talk about the big picture. So you're asking me, why do you, right? So you're saying, Jim Johnson, why do you? Yeah. And I became a lead minister or I became a college professor or I became a whatever it is. Like, but I existed before that. Like Jim Johnson's not yeah. just a lead pastor. Like I'm a follower of Jesus Christ first and foremost. I think it's important for, at least for you who may not know me, to understand that I I believed the Bible and then had to figure out why I believed the Bible. That's kind of how it, it worked in my life. Yeah. So I grew up in a Christian family. Mom and dad um, did not come from Christian families. And then I am given the faith. And so I'm in this my extended family is unbelievers. My my family, my my immediate family are strong, strong, strong believers. 
And that was probably my first shapings. And yeah. so my first inclination towards the Bible was that of belief. So I didn't walk in when I was a kindergarten kid and go, yeah, I don't know if I can believe, uh, you know, foundationally or scientifically, or I don't know if my epistemology, yeah. I mean, I didn't have that. It yeah. was just, this is a story and, and, and God made Adam and Eve and Noah built an ark. And I'm like, okay, this is, and I just believed it. Yeah. So which that is was probably my, where most of our students are. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Right? Yeah. And so that that is kind of my beginning posture. Mm-hmm. So step one is I, I began believing. Step two is I, I didn't live in a family that didn't want to investigate the complicated issues. Um, so my, my dad more than my mom, but my dad wasn't afraid to deal with the complexities of the nature of Scripture or even the implications of the nature of Scripture mm-hmm. as being authoritative on my life. And so I'm, I'm kind of stuck in, in two worlds, so to speak. I'm stuck in this world where belief is kind of this natural thing that I have, and yet I'm willing to look at it critically. And so I, I'm grateful for that. I'm yeah. grateful that I grew up in, even in a culture, I grew up in Canada, so I grew up in a culture that naturally disbelieved in the Bible. I yeah. grew up with friends that naturally disbelieved the biblical text. Mm. And so I had this, almost this rooted faith in the Bible, but then I began to go, okay, how do I, how do I explain this? Because this does, I mean got the tooth fairy and we've got Santa Claus and we've got Jesus. How do I differentiate between yeah. those? And so by my nature, because of the culture that I grew up in, I was almost like this relatively conflicted person who belief does not come naturally to. I'm yeah. naturally a skeptic. You, you say something, my first thought is, how do you know? Mm-hmm. How do you know that's true? And so um, because that is my inclination, I began to say, okay, I got to figure this out. Like I do believe in the Bible. And I do believe in it rather strongly. I do believe in the existence of God. I believe in the resurrection. I believe in all of these things. I know I get that from the Bible, but why do I believe in it so strongly? And so I backed into apologetics. Mm. Okay, so there's two ways to look at apologetics. You you may have talked about this before, but there's two ways to look at apologetics. One of them is, hey, I need you to explain to um, to defend the faith so that I can overcome my disbelief and begin to believe. Mm And then there are those that say, no, I believe. Can you help me understand like what I believe and why I believe? Yeah. And I'm on the second side. Yeah. So belief for me came first. And then in my understanding of my belief and walking through it, I began to investigate. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So um, as I began to investigate it, I began to realize, wow, like there is a reason for this. And so going back to that second question, if I, if I remember them right, the second question is, like, how do we know that we have the Bible? Yeah. Like, and that, that's a critical thing for me is yeah. I just I want to know that the book that I'm reading is the book that Paul wrote and the book that Moses wrote or the book that yes, Samuel yes. wrote. And, and you hear these cre- kind of astronomical claims about there, you know so many differences and so many differentiations and all of them. There are thousands and thousands of differences between the different manuscripts that we have. And so how can you trust in all these things? And when I heard that, yeah. I was like, oh, that's scary. Yeah. Like, and, and these are smart people. So I bet you they're telling the truth. And yeah. so I thought, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to investigate this. And so I began to investigate it, you know, and that one of my joys, I think one of the reasons why I pursued an education in theology and in, um, uh, understanding the scripture is to literally to explain the faith to me yeah. and then I loved explaining it to others. Yeah. Now foundationally I would say this that you 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 need to have a basis for why we believe anything. And so why do we believe that George Washington was the first president or Julius Caesar was was a Caesar? Like yeah. why do we believe that? And we have to go back and we have to trust sources and we go back and we look at archaeology and we look at historical accounts and then we begin to investigate them and kind of sift through them what can we trust can we, what can we not trust? By the way, the Bible gets exposed to that same critical 
technique, that same critical yeah. uh, process. And so that is something that the Bible has to go through. I'm not asking for the Bible to get a pass on any of those things. Yeah. Um, but when you go back and you look at truly historically, and I, we're not, we don't have the time to try to obviously, if it's the apologetics in 1,850 yeah. minutes, yeah. then it's going to be bigger. But yeah. essentially, when you go back and you look at the accounts, if we can believe anything about history, then there are certain things that we can believe, right? And this is, I love this. And my favorite, my favorite resource on this is anything by Dr. William Lane Craig, who has gone back and he has investigated using the evidence that is found by historical evidence, okay? So okay. I, I, I don't see people going, yeah, I don't know if I believe in Socrates because the sources are... Yeah. No, we just seem to believe in Socrates. Yeah. We just seem to believe in, in, uh, in so many people from history. Okay. Yeah. So why do we believe that there was a Nebuchadnezzar? Like outside of the biblical account, what? Yeah, people don't doubt that. And so in the same way that we can begin to approximate and begin to believe, like the Bible actually stands up under mm-hmm. the weight of that evidence. It just basically says, yes, I mean, we can hold on to these things. We can trust these things. These things actually are reliable. Um, uh, so if we can believe anything about Julius Caesar, see, that's, and that's kind of where I go. It's I either have to let go of everything up until maybe the last few hundred years, and then even then I think we could have some serious conversations about what we can trust. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I either have to let go of everything or I have to say, no, I'm going to have to work out of these things. Yeah. I'm, gonna have to, I'm going to have to assume that these things are true. So you begin to go back and look, and particularly with the New Testament, at the um, textual evidences. And so one of the reasons why I pursued understanding how the Bible came to be was to answer a lot of those questions. How do we know that Matthew wrote this and Luke wrote this? Okay, well, let's, did you believe, well, like, where else would you explain that they came from? I mean, that would be the first question. I mean, I love to ask the opposite question. Well, I don't know where they came from, but why do we have to believe that they wrote? No, 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 that's fine. I, I get that we can ask the question. So you give me another evidence. Yeah. Like so, give me if, an alternative, if it, yeah, theory, give me an alternative theory. theory. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, let's. And I've I've gone down this road. Yeah. So if we can't trust the Matthew that we have, why wouldn't we trust the Matthew that we have? Well, because I think I think it's been changed. Okay. Well, is there any evidence that it has been changed? Hmm. You know, you go back to it. I mean, yeah. there's a. I, I'm gonna. Uh, there is evidence that Paul wrote four letters to the Corinthians. Follow my thinking in this. Sure. Um, my dad believes that we actually have within the two a makeup of the four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he cuts and pieces. The first and second Corinthian material. It's not the only one that does this. A yeah. lot of some some scholars actually do this, and so my dad and I get into this argument about whether or not the way that we have first and second Corinthians is the right way. Yeah, and I love to say to my dad, "Hey, can I tell you the biggest problem with that? There is no textual evidence that the letters as you've described them have ever existed that way. There's none. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It never goes down that road. Yeah. Since it never goes down that road, I believe the best way for us to believe." that what we have is what we yes, have. Like when yes. you look at all the textual evidence, yes. it just leads us to this. Yeah, a lot of people, it seems when they when they say they, they believe there have been changes made to the scripture, they're not basing that on archeological mm-hmm. evidence. As we look through the manuscripts, they've changed, or as we look at, they're basing that on kind of theories of, well, I don't think somebody would say this yeah. before 200 AD, AD yep. 200. I yep. think this would probably not be said or believed until AD 400. And yep. so I think that, but when you look at the text, we have no evidence that there was a change or no. anything messed up. It's just a lot of these things when we say, well, there were changes in the text. We do that based on our own theories of how people might write something or sure. think about and something. And so when I say, okay, I mean, I get that. I totally yeah. get that. You think that's how that, you think the U.S. Constitution was generated by people from Mexico and Canada and it was all a ploy or a plot or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, is there any evidence for that? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, I just it's hard for me to believe, okay, I'm not, 
I always say to my boys when they say crazy stuff, like, Dad, I can't believe that. I go, I'm sure you can't. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I get that you're struggling to believe that, but yeah. is there any evidence for that belief? And so I, 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 I don't just ask questions that challenge my faith. I also begin to ask questions of my doubts. It's, I, I love that statement. Why do I give my doubt so much credibility and my beliefs so uh -huh. few? Uh -huh. And so I kind of back into it and I go, listen, there, the, the evidence supports church history, which supports the reliability of the scripture. Yeah. Number two, why do I believe it? Like, so just kind of the, 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 the gist of it. And I'll tell you, my number one personal reason, so if you're asking Jim, why do you believe it? It, 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 it fits life. Like mm. it really does. Mm. Uh, Revy Zacharias talks about the coherence model of truth. And so the more that I begin to think about it, the more that I begin to look at the scriptures and the more that it calls me to die to myself and that here's the problem and it's sin, mm. it, it speaks a reality to me. Yeah. Like it does. And you might go, well, hey, you've been conditioned. Sure, but that's a theory that I've been conditioned. What if I haven't been conditioned? Yeah. Like what if the, I always want to ask not just why do you believe that, but then why would I start to doubt that? Like mm. it, it, it's a little bit of a, not, not just pick your poison, but it's a little bit of a, you know, why do I choose to doubt this and believe this? Yeah. And that can always be asked. Yeah. And so when I look at the biblical text and I even look at the world around me and then I travel the world around me, we s seem to keep coming back to the, to the consistency. We keep to, well, give me another opportunity. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's Dallas Willard is asked, you know, he passed away, but yeah. when he, university professor uh, at the University of Southern California philosophy. And he said, I'm always asked, um, why do you follow? Are you a follower of Jesus? And he says, yes. And he says, why are you a follower of Jesus? And he says, give me somebody else that you think I should build my life upon. Hmm. Like, give me an alternative. And I've asked that question to people. Okay, so if I'm going to chuck the Bible, I need something else to build my life on. What is it? Let me give you some resources. Yeah. Um, I love the book. Uh, it's written by a number of different people called The Origin of the Bible. And that really kind of helps people understand like more the textual reliability yeah. of it. Yeah. Another really good one, because there's a lot of great questions that are being asked today. It's called, Can We Still Believe the Bible? It's by Craig Blomberg, who is a scholar in this area. Yes. And he does a great job describing that stuff um, in terms of why and, and dealing with modern critiques. The next mm -hmm. one is called The Last Word. It's by N.T. Wright. It deals with the issue of authority. Why do we allow the Bible to speak authoritatively into us? Um, and I just, I love that. I love that because that's a big yeah. issue that we have. Yeah. It's an authority question. And then lastly, I won't say devotionally, but um, Kevin DeYoung's book on taking God at his word yeah. kind of gives more of a how do we build, how do we base our faith on the Bible more than just why can we trust it, but like how do we trust it? Yeah, that's good. That's the, the last one that I have. It's good. It's good. Awesome. We'll uh, put those in the notes. Jim is doing a celebration because he hit the 15-minute mark, but I can just talk until this goes to 16 or 17. Um, we'll put those books in the notes, those resources there, and you can, you can look those things up and check them out. I hope this has been helpful. want to thank Jim for joining us and want to thank Steve for helping it sound good. And if you've got any questions about apologetics or faith or doubt, you can send them to us at drew at thetableosu.com. Until next time.